we have seen the U.S. Mint come back online uh, in a very marginalized fashion, and the same with the Royal Canadian Mint. The Perth Mint in Australia has been the one constant source of product for us now for um, the better part of the last month and a half. And so we do have uh, some of the lunar year coins in stock. I was amazed to see what some of the companies were selling them for. We have the uh, 2020 lunar year of the mouse, lunar year of the pig. These coins were going for 31, 32 bucks a piece on Atmex the other day and they sold out. And I think we're at 675 over spot on them. Hello there, my friends. Chris Mark is here with you for this week's physical market update with precious metals dealer, Miles Franklin, owner Andy Schechtman. I guess I didn't say that the smoothest way ever, but owner of Miles Franklin, Andy Schechtman is joining us to give an update on what is going on in the physical market, what people are buying, what's still available, an update with the mint, and uh, just making sure you guys can stay posted with what is going on in the order flow. So Andy, I appreciate you joining me. I know it's been another busy week, so uh, welcome on in. And how are you today? Hey, Chris. I'm doing well, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Glad to catch up with you on a Saturday morning here. Appreciate you making some time. And we can hop right in this week. And curious, first of all, especially on the silver side, but you can touch on gold. What products are available? I know there's some things where people have to wait for a while. What What's the status of the products right now? Uh, the availability is, is something that is in flux continuously, Chris. It's, uh, um, it's kind of a moving target. Uh, we have seen the U.S. Mint come back online uh, in a very marginalized fashion, and the same with the Royal Canadian Mint, and they in a very marginalized fashion at best. Um, the Perth Mint in Australia has been the one constant source of product for us now for um, the better part of the last month and a half. And so we do have uh, some of the lunar year coins in stock. Uh, I was amazed to see what some of the companies were selling them for. We have the uh, 2020 lunar year of the mouse, lunar year of the pig, these coins were going for 31, 32 bucks a piece on Atmex the other day and they sold out. And I think we're at 675 over spot on them. If we do have 20 or 30 bags of junk silver in stock, we have 20 to 30,000 silver eagles and silver maple leaves each owed to us by the Royal Canadian Mint and the U.S. Mint respectively with delivery days that have been, um, really hard to determine and pin down on mints that are stressed out from a standpoint of shipping and uh, distribution and production. And um, it's kind of a drag when you have to front pay for this stuff and not really be able to have any forward guidance uh, as to delivery, although it appears to be, uh, hopefully in the next week or so, we ought to start being receiving those, uh, start seeing those, those shipments come in. And so, you know, it's just hit and miss, Chris. We, we've been, uh, thanks to Chris Martinson, I've been able to get in front of this. And, and I was ordering product and front ordering it in December and January. I was buying forward shipments all the way out into, into April. And uh, at, at this point right now, we're, we're okay on product. We have stuff to sell. 
there are things for immediate delivery and there are things to wait for, but by no means is this a, a, uh, a fluid market. By no means is this a market that is anywhere near corrected itself. And I think before it's all said and done, it'll be a market that will define itself in two ways. It'll define itself by rising prices and high prices from the people who look at it from the outside. But people like you and I, Chris, and the people who are listening to your show will define it differently. They'll define it by an inability to source good product. Uh, and I think those days are coming closer to an end if we don't see a resumption in, in normal supply chain activity, because it's a full-time job just to source what we're getting and uh, and to keep it moving. And uh, I'll tell you, the logistics in and of itself is remarkable. Yeah, uh, I, I appreciate that, Andy. And it's interesting. I know you actually mentioned that point. You're not just saying it now, but in your chapter of the Big Silver Short book, you actually talked about how you thought this would be defined by the availability of product. And sure enough, you did turn out to be right on that one. Um, you mentioned that junk silver is available. I'm curious, what's the market like on that? Uh, it's hit and miss because that, has, you know, that hasn't been produced in, you know, since 1964. So in order to, uh, to get that, you have to pay higher and higher uh, bid price or ask prices from really from the, the either the retail public or from, uh, distributors who have, who have been sitting on it or have pried it out somehow, uh, it's available. Uh, it's not available in unlimited quantities, but I bet we have uh, 20 or 30 bags in stock of half dollars that we can ship immediately. And uh, pretty darn close to the same thing in quarters. I'm remark Actually, I find it remarkable that we have them, but that is a new addition to our, uh, to our inventory sheet. And, and here again, these are things that have value uh, in a very in a very uh, utilitarian way. They they have great utility, uh, roughly a third of an ounce per uh, silver half dollar. And the fact that we have them, and the fact that they're probably the least expensive form of silver right now, is kind of strange to me because normally in precious metals, the uh, the smaller the unit in gold, for example. Uh, the half ounce costs more than the one ounce. The quarter ounce costs more than both of them. The tenth ounce, right now, the tenth ounce gold eagle is somewhere around 20% over spot. So normally, the greater the utility in gold the, the, and functionality, the higher the premium you pay. Right now in silver, for some strange reason, that's not the case. Uh, it was much higher um, earlier in this cycle. And, and for whatever reason, we have them at a great price. So you could argue, perhaps, it really is the very best buy in silver right now. Not only is it the land available for immediate delivery, but remarkably, the functionality that uh, that you get with it, you're not having to pay a premium for uh, in excess of, uh, like you do really, in excess of spot the way you do with the one ounce coins. What are some of the premiums you've seen them going for in the market right now? Well, the one ounce coins, we have silver eagles that we can sell that we've paid for at just over $7 a piece, a seven and a half buck premium. And we'll be, if not the lowest in the country, one of the, if not the lowest in the country. Um, Although actually, but in Andy, general, you're, Andy, I meant on yes. the, uh, the junk silver, the premiums, I'm curious what you've oh, seen sure. uh, some other places out there charging. And if you have some of those available. Yeah, so we do have we do have junk silver available right now, and I think they're five seventy five over spot. A lot of the companies out there are selling it for as high as ten dollars an ounce over. 
and so, but here again, this is something that one client could take everything that we have. It's not, once it's gone, it's nearly impossible to find it. And it's one of these deals where I think it adds to the value in, in the respect that you could argue this is some, because it's something that can't be reproduced because it is the most functional and flexible form in, in, in an economy that's breaking down. Uh, I think it, it, the premium that you're paying right now is inconsequential uh, in the respect that uh, if things don't get any better with the supply chain soon, it would be the best form of silver to own in a, in a system or an economy that is breaking down from a standpoint of, of the currency losing value and not being uh, desired by people looking to, to sell things. So, yeah, I think it, it might arguably be the, the very best buy right now, regardless of the premium, which we have, I think, at 575. Well, Andy, that makes sense. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, last question before we let you run today. Um, as the premiums have, it seems like they've continued to rise. It's interesting. This hasn't happened in an environment where the silver price, at least the COMEX silver price, has actually been going up. Although we've finally seen what uh, so many people have talked about for so long. It's funny, I have a Jeffrey Christian presentation pulled up about how he's going to explain how prices have not been decoupling. I'll be curious how he uh, sees that one. But I mean, you mentioned again that in 2008, you wondered if you were going to be able to stay in business because you couldn't source product to sell to your customers. So again, should these premiums continue to rise, is there some point at which we're going to see the COMEX delivery mechanism tested? Because maybe we're not at that level yet, but I mean, you know, let's say uh, physical silver is going for $40 an ounce at some point and the mints shut down, but the COMEX is claiming to be offering delivery at $15. I mean, you reach a situation where you call up your business partners and say, hey, all right, let's pay the refining cost, but this spread is so wide. We simply need product if this demand continues. Yeah, I don't know how, I don't know how, um, I don't know how feasible that really is, to be honest with you, Chris. It's something that I've really never had to, to think about. Uh, the thousand ounce bars at this point are relatively plenty. I'm able to get a good number of them. Uh, and I guess at, at that point, yeah, we would. But if you look at what the refiners are doing right now, biggest refiners in the country are 12 weeks out on product and, you know, on new stuff. And so it, it's a capacity of uh, the ability or the incapacity to be able to refine all that product for all of the people who want it uh, in, in any reasonable time frame. And, and so you know, in 08, when that happened, uh, there it was David Morgan who, who saved the day with his relationship with a company in, in Washington who uh, had been in the medical device industry for 35 years, accumulating silver from uh, scrap from uh, x-ray machines and, and the silver byproduct of, of that industry. And they had a, yeah, somewhere in the neighborhood of, I don't know, millions of ounces of silver. And they decided because there were no investable forms whatsoever in any capacity, mind you, as the price of silver had fallen from 21 to 9, a drop of 60%, one would think that the market would have been flooded with silver. It was the antithesis of that. There was nothing to be found anywhere uh, across the globe. 
and he had a relationship with a company who had stockpiled silver in medical device uses and made a crude mold in order to fill a gap in the industry. And for a couple, two, three months, that company, Pyromet, was the only game in town of any product whatsoever. There were no gold items to sell. And uh, of course, in, in 2008, with with the rest of the economy, things were able to uh, to, to uh, loosen up and lubricate. It was an issue of liquidity, by and large. This is not an issue of liquidity to me by any means whatsoever. This is more an issue of confidence and broken supply chains. Uh, if that were to happen, I would think that the big traders will try to make a run on COMEX and take delivery, making that type of thought, which seems logical, uh, probably impractical, uh, both in the in inability to pull it off the exchange with any reliability or expediency, and also more relevant and important, getting it refined. You know, one of the biggest refiners in North America, Republic, well, they went bankrupt last year. So there's only a couple of refiners here in the United States that that make coins that, and rounds and bars that, that really are desired by the public. So while it's a good idea in theory, probably hard to implement in practice. So I think the moral of the story, Chris, is that something I've been saying for quite some time. And, and you know, by the way, as a, as a side, as you mentioned earlier, we've seen disruptions in supply now repetitively from the five major mints for the better part of the last decade. Uh, in, incrementally, it wasn't, uh, and intermittently, it wasn't a, didn't all happen at once. Sometimes it was one mint, not the other. And, but it was a situation where in times where only the choir was buying gold and silver, the mints would still run out of product. Basically, they all represent the model of inefficiency. And uh, when you end up getting a whole new segment of people, like we're seeing people pulling out of the stock market, uh, looking at, at bond prices and stock prices that are, that are frightening and not attractive, uh, they're moving into precious metals. And you're seeing so much money move into this industry uh, that you have wicked price inflation and a broken supply chain. So people need to basically think, uh, do you do you bite the bullet and pay high premiums in the hope that uh, you're getting something? Or do you wait and hope for things to normalize and, and get better? And these are, these are decisions that people are going to have to make on their own. It's kind of one of these deals where we're in uncharted waters. And I would tell you, if I had to bet, I would say the likelihood of it not getting better anytime soon is greater than a resumption of a normal supply chain. And uh, heaven forbid we see any type of a resurgence of, of the coronavirus this fall, you'll see, uh, I think, a, a continuing drubbing of the stock market uh, and an inability to source physical product that will be accentuated by massive demand from the public, which this industry just cannot support even in the best of times. Well, Andy, I sure appreciate that. And I appreciate you sharing what you're seeing. And uh, for folks that are listening at home, Andy has been kind enough to set up Arcadia at Miles Franklin. So if you are interested in buying or selling any of the precious metals, um, you can get information or pricing about that by emailing Arcadia at Miles Franklin. And Andy, I even appreciate that really has been helping to support the show uh, as our partnership with your uh, I know every a portion of every order that you get there actually goes to funding the Arcadia Economics Show and allowing us to continue to provide 
these updates. So sure do appreciate that. I appreciate the information you're sharing and we'll look forward to checking in with you again next week. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. I'm, I'm happy to, to assist and help and, you know, people need to hear this. And I guess if you continue to beat them over the head with it, some will listen, most won't. Most of the people will be blindsided with, with what comes next. And, uh, you know, you and I together are making a little bit of a difference one, uh, one podcast at a time. I'm happy to continue doing this and look forward to doing this again next week on Saturday. That sounds good, my friend. And folks, if you're wondering why there's so much demand and pressure on these markets and how that's going to unfold, then just stay tuned because here you go.